Welcome to the Secrets of Success podcast, a series for recruiters by recruiters. I'm Danny Reinert, and in each episode, I have candid conversations about careers in recruitment with some of the best talent that Team Eames has to offer. They'll be giving you a glimpse into the highs and lows of their recruitment careers, their motivations and drivers, and their secret to success in the industry. You can listen and subscribe on Apple, Spotify, and other favorite podcast platforms. Let's meet our next guest. Good morning, Chicks. How are you doing? Morning, Dania. How are you doing? Yeah, very well, thank you. Thanks for joining us this morning for another Secrets of Success session. No problem. Excellent. So um, first question for people who don't know you that are watching this, can you give some just a brief overview of, of your role at Eames um, and the market that you operate in? Sure, yeah. So I manage the um, permanent um, banking finance um, team, but well, banking and asset management, so financial services broadly. Um, so um, we have a team of uh, five at the moment, um, and essentially qualif- uh, candidates we recruit for are from the part qualified level up to the up to director level positions. Fantastic. And in that team, because we're going to look at in particular today, your experience and advice to managers in the recruitment industry around hiring and developing juniors, um, something that you at Eames have had a fabulous track record of. Um, We've got, you know, one of our one of our top billers in the UK business you brought through from associate up to principal level, which is a a great legacy and and something we want to replicate as much as possible. But that team, it's it's a mix, isn't it? We've got some ACs that have joined what Dan and Alice a month ago. and then we've got someone like Andy at that sort of senior principal level as well. So it's a real spread in that team, isn't it? Correct, yeah. Yeah, fantastic. Um, so as I mentioned, main topic for today is, is hiring and developing juniors. We refer to them as associate consultants. That's our entry level position. I want to actually start before we even bring somebody on board as an AC. So as a manager, what sort of triggers the need for hiring an AC and when is the best time to bring on a, a, an AC, a junior? I think um, for us, it'd be very much a time when you are busy, you know, either you, you're already busy, inundated with jobs or mm. you're expecting an influx of jobs through a, a major project or yeah. some interest from the client and said, you know, be ready, um, things are going to yeah. get better. So for me, that's important in the sense that when you bring ACs on board, you want a busy desk. Um, in my opinion, the the best way to get them learning is to get them on the job training, you know, um, to give them live jobs, live requirements. I mean, we all know those of us who have been in the job long enough that pipelining candidates are important and speak to good candidates in your market when jobs mm. come around. But th- there's nothing more exciting when you, than when you first start is actually talking about a job and a vacancy, you know, and learning yeah. the good skills that we require in, um, in doing this job. So I think it, it has to be a busy time. It, it, does, it doesn't come without its challenges because mm. ultimately it means you're busy as well. How much time can you allocate, yeah. you know, to the training and the learning and development? But this, I go back to my point there is I was trained on the job and there is no better way to learn on a job we can give somebody all the theory you know as you guys do through the lnd um sort of sessions from their work first yeah. they get the theory they get the fundamentals but like anything in life and until you're putting it in practice you're never really going to fully put that to its true effect and its true potential so yeah so in short you, you know make sure you're busy before you hire them otherwise you know they're going to be kind of coming twiddling their thumbs a little bit and yeah Nice as it is that they're calling a lot of um, candidates um, get buzzed, but it's not quite the same, right? Yeah, 
absolutely makes perfect sense. And and there's a couple of key things there that I want to go into it in a bit more detail. One is um, the, the training and development, which we'll talk about in a second. But the other is you mentioned kind of getting them on the phone, doing the job, speaking to people. It's a fine balance, isn't it? When you're, you know, obviously a, a big part of working at Eames is about being credible, being a market specialist, being able to provide a really high quality of service to our candidates and our clients. Yeah. So how do you strike the balance right? And I know it's something that we've talked about a lot as a business between getting the theory into the ACs and training them and building their confidence and, and, and kind of doing all the role plays and all that kind of stuff. And then getting them on the phone quick enough that, you know, they don't have a fear of the phone. They're happy to just pick it up. It becomes really natural. But at the same time, they've got enough credibility to speak to those candidates and, and meet the level that's kind of expected and required from, from somebody at Eames. Yeah, I think the, the key point to always address firstly is um, a lot of people tend to overcomplicate what this job is in terms of recruitment, right? And I think from day one, you've got to keep it simple, right? You've got to understand that the the clients and the candidates we recruit for, particularly when you speak to candidates, they don't expect you to know the real intricacies of what they do on a day-to-day -day basis. Everyone feels you need to. It helps, right? But it's not going yeah. to be the deciding factor whether you're successful or not. We are coming in it from, from a recruitment perspective, you know, from a hiring perspective. Um, and it's important that we come in with questions in terms of what are people looking for in their search, what's important. Um, mm. We can work out, direct our conversations from there. That's the value that they are actually looking in from us is what is the market doing? Um, what are the trends? You know, what, what can I do with my profile? Um, so that's the type of information I, I would spend with my ACs originally is giving them the key general market in yeah. info at the moment and say, look, if someone asks you, how's the market? These are the kind of key points and the outlines of both. Don't be afraid to say that you've just started, you know, because that's, yeah. you know, these days everyone's got LinkedIn, they've got profiles. If you almost try and blag how much experience you have, they're going to find out straight away. Yeah, so absolutely. People like honesty, and I always say, look, credit, like you said, credibility is absolutely key. But um, alongside it, there's like, three things I feel particularly candidates you know, and clients, but for ACs when they first went to candidates are looking for um, with consultants. And you know, one of them is, is credibility of the market, which comes mm. over time. Second is like trust and honesty, right? And I think if you set that tone from day one and essentially say, look, I have just started, you know, if somebody asks you a difficult question, that's there's no shame in that, right? And say, yeah. I will go back to my manager and my senior consultant and um, just get that information. People Absolutely. admire honesty, they admire that you don't know something, right? That's yep. a skill self to admire that you don't know admit that you don't know something um and thirdly that they like you you know that that's likability is absolutely important you, nobody wants to work with talk to somebody they don't like in any walk of life generally yeah. if they can choose not to right so um so i think those three factors are important but credibility we we going back to that the the key thing that's going to build or the factor that's going to build it is meeting candidates right it's mm. get them on the phone get make sure the candidate wants to continue working in the role because there's an often a misconception that somebody doing the job now is going to want to do the same type of job in their next move. So yeah. we need to, so are they relevant to us? Are you, do they still want to operate in the verticals that we recruit in and what they're yeah. seeing? If the answer is yes, then, you know, as quickly as possible, we should be getting a very brief summary of a screening of what they're looking for and suggest meeting them because that's how you're yeah. going to credibility. That's how you're going to find out about the market. We talk about market information and we can get them. Mm. From, from candidate meetings, from client meetings that yeah. we have, and we can kind of recycle that information and then kind of share it with other companies, other yeah. candidates. So, no, it, it works that way, but the best way is, you know, throw yourself on the phone, yeah. find out more, don't be afraid because yeah. 
you are gen you are just talking to other people, right? And I think yeah. human beings. Sometimes that can get forgotten, can't it? You're literally yeah, talking yeah. to human beings. But I think we also do empathise with ACs that you know it is daunting and it is a bit scary. And you know, being an AC, and I, I wrote a blog on this the other day. You know, asking somebody what their salary is. That's a really strange question to ask someone. We grow up knowing that, you know, we're quite polite and you wouldn't say to your mum and dad necessarily like, oh, what do you earn? Or you don't really talk about money and stuff. So then suddenly in your third day in a business as an AC, you're speaking to a financial controller or something at a bank. And you say, you know, what's your current salary? And, you know, how long have you been on that salary? And what's your bonus? And how long have you been earning that bonus? It's quite strange. So I think we can empathise with wanting to give the ACs the tools to do the job and the confidence, but nothing can replace kind of getting them on the phone and that experience as well. Absolutely. Like anything, like I said, in life is, you know, your skills take time to practice, you know, you can everything in theory, but until you train in in sport, you know, you've got to train to be the best in recruitment, you've got to practice and go through the training process, you know, it's the same fundamentals. But once you get over that stigma, um, Mm. you really, you are like you said just talking to human beings uh, and really you know i think it's important to understand from day one the value that that we can add to somebody's career and to think of it yeah. like rather than that you're just going to help them find their next job you're going to get them to understand you're going to help them in their career um i think a lot of people you know when they come in this job or even the longer the sentence they they lose the the value of what our title is which is a consultant right whether it be an associate consultant or recruiting consultant what do consultants do they provide advice they provide direction they provide solutions right so yeah. if somebody's talking about that's the key is to narrow down on your initial call you know where are you looking to go in your career what's important to you and once once we have that type of information and they you've taken the time to actually listen to that mm. and present them with opportunities that actually relate back to what they say they're looking for they yeah. won't forget that and they will remember absolutely a long way in your career thank you um we obviously at Eames we hire into what we call AC pods so um and when they first join kind of myself and the L&D team we're responsible for training those guys and we have quite a quite an intense first few weeks and then the first six months is is mapped out and everything but in in those pods we're obviously hiring multiple ACs that start on the same day you've had Dan and Alice who have both started together recently about a month or so ago what in your mind is the benefit to Firstly, the manager in, in your position of hiring multiple ACs at the same time. And also, what what benefit have you seen for the ACs and the new joiners of being hired into a peer group? Sure. Um, I think from, from my side as a manager, it, it's very useful to have... Um, Two different people because they're two different personalities often right um everybody's different you learn one of the first things you learn in this job dealing with people right that de- everyone has different personalities so the questions that you get during training sessions that people are coming from different angles right um, um uh, some individuals are maybe a bit more um reserved at first right and get their head around things they learn in different ways maybe they you know they're you know they're theorists or somebody's a pragmatist whatever right yeah. different styles work well and it also engages you know, both people at the same time to mm. you know, to take other opinions on view and to see level sort of speed of learning. So I think as a manager, yeah. it's very helpful for me to kind of go into those sessions um, with people who've got different attitudes, right? Um, yeah. It also means that 
we we are across training. We, we've got big plans to grow. You know, here at Eames, it's important that mm. the team, particularly, we've had a you know a really successful year, and we're looking to yeah. build on that in coming years. So you know, this, it takes me the same amount of time to do the one-on-one trainings, the on yeah. the job trainings. I often try and position myself at the desk in between them, or as close as possible um, to Dan and Alice at the moment, so I can coach them on the job while yeah. we're, we're doing the training. So um, in, in fact, so it's just taking the same amount of time, but doubling the impact that we can have. Yeah. Uh, no, so yeah. I think there's benefit there. In terms of the benefit to um, to them as um, as ACs coming into the business, it's just people to bounce off. You know, I, yes. I, I it happened to me when I first started my recruitment job. I started with somebody at the same level, um, and it's it's really important because there are certain conversations. Maybe you feel that you know questions you don't even want to ask us as managers as yeah. much. Yeah. We try and say to them, don't be shy to ask a question. It, it's human nature to, you know, to, you think you might think that's a stupid question or that's a silly question. Whereas if you can ask somebody you just started with, you won't feel as apprehensive, you know. Absolutely. Questions. So, so I think it's important having somebody who's got the same level of experience as you, um, mm. who's in a group, more more to bounce off with, you know. And yeah, absolutely. Um, and. You know, you also, if I look back at the peer group that I started with, um, and that's not just two people starting together, but, you know, you know we've had a lot of um, associate consultants start in the last um, six yeah. months. So it's our next wave um, in terms of um, EAMS consultants is, mm. you know, you build a really good peer group of friends more than anything. Right? Yeah, I was just going to say that. It's like a ready-made group yeah, of yeah. built best friends. I've noticed here they all like go downstairs after work and obviously we're yeah. in our new lovely WeWork and they're all making very good use of the free beer and playing on the pool table yeah. and there's a good little vibe down there, isn't there? So there's kind of the work support for each other, but then there's that kind of peer group, friends, all in it together, cool. keeping each other up. It's important, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. I think, look, we're... we're any of us who've done recruitment know that it's an essentially it's an emotional roller coaster, right? You have bad days, you have yeah. you know, tough weeks, you have a good morning, you can have a tough afternoon, right? It, it, it yeah. switches so much. Um, so to have that support and to you know have a peer group around you that you can kind of relate to, like I said, sometimes you don't want to go to your manager because yeah. You know, feel a bit reluctant you don't know them that well when you first start um so to be able to talk to people at the same level who are going through the same experiences yeah um, they can really relate to it so i think it's really important as, as i said when i look back at you also make some good friends and that's important in this job yes, is absolutely. The people you work with right um yeah. keeps you in the industry keeps you in the company that you work with you yeah. know that's if I look throughout the years in terms of you know my recruitment jobs, the people that I've met throughout them, I'm, you know some of them are still kind of very close and best friends of mine. You know, yeah, so absolutely. It can actually give you than just work. It's it's a lot more wider in terms of you yeah. know life in general. Um, absolutely, thanks. Makes makes a lot of sense. I'm sure it resonates with a lot of people watching this as well. Yeah. Um, in terms of kind of giving ACs the best start, um, one of the things we talk about a lot as a management team is kind of setting clear expectations. So in some elements, that's kind of the more housekeeping type stuff around, you know, working hours, work ethic and, you know, you know, kind of what conduct and the way you'd expect people to behave and stuff. And some of it is setting expectations around probation targets, promotion targets, weekly KPIs, you know, all the good stuff that goes along with a, a role in a sales role and recruitment. What's your approach to setting clear expectations and what do you think is really important for other managers to think about when they're doing that with new ACs? Yeah, I would say the f first and foremost, don't don't give too much information too soon, right? Um, mm -hmm. I think we all forget as managers, 
um, how much information there actually is to soak in into recruitment, yeah. both learning industry knowledge and how recruitment works and the key factors that make you successful. You know, I, I've done it for almost 15 years now and every else has been experienced. We, we kind of, you know, take it for granted what we know in our knowledge and we don't yeah. quite, we forget, right, what we were like when we were coming <laughs> There's an AC and how much it took us to actually pick things up. Yeah, it seems an age ago, right? A long time. It is an age ago for you and I, Jigs. That's yeah. the thing. <laughs> it doesn't uh, seem it. It uh, is. But if I take about, you know, the, the key things that I remember from those times were, you know, staggered approaches. I was I was given certain tasks to perfect, well, the key fundamentals of doing well. Once I could once I proved that I was successful in getting hitting my targets on those, I would be moved mm. to something a bit more um advanced. So, you know, initially what I would start you know, on would be candidate qualifications, how many candidate qualifications, how many clients, sorry, candidate contacts are we going to make in a week, yeah. how many calls are we going to get? From there, we're looking at meetings, CVs out, they're the fundamentals of any business, regardless of how far you go in recruitment in a sales job, unless you can yeah. find good candidates, right, it's going to be very difficult for you to be successful. That's that's yeah. the, that's the basics, no matter where you go. So the, the element of, of originally resourcing finding a candidate which you know most acs will do for their first core responsibilities especially for the first three months and going into six months yeah. they're still the skills that are going to be the most fundamental that for them to be successful yeah. so i would start with that i would look on to pushing them onto meetings getting them to you know at first kind of me sitting on the meetings lead a meeting get them to understand um kind of how a meeting's run and then as quickly as possible you know get them shadow them in a meeting get them to lead the meeting and then you know you're moving on to that to interview preparations to feedback so there is a staggered process in terms of when somebody's ready and then you know from that that anywhere between kind of four to six months we realistically started looking at them going on to the client side and doing some yeah. sort of development following up their own leads um so look don't throw too much at them and too soon yeah. the, the no, Makes a lot of sense, absolutely. And in terms of um, sort of using KPIs and and kind of performance metrics on a sort of a daily or a weekly basis, you know, KPIs. Uh, you know, when I first started in recruitment, all those many moons ago, that was just normal. I mean, like I had like yeah. daily KPI call times. Oh yeah, everything, the whole lot. You know, <laughs> if you weren't on the phone enough, they took your chair away. All those kinds of things. We obviously live in a very different world now. Um, and the word KPIs has almost become a bit of a dirty word. You know, I, I realise sometimes we call them activity figures and it's like, well, it's just, they're just KPIs and we work in a sales business, right? And it's fine to say there's a certain amount of activity that has to be outbound and achieved in yeah. order to get the outputs that we're looking for. So how do you manage that conversation with ACs and, and how do you use KPIs as a manager? Yeah, I mean, I think fundamentally the KPIs in any business they're not just made up, right? They, yeah. Through research, through knowledge of the market, we all have individual markets. They're all set, tailored to what our market and is appropriate to be successful. We've gone back. We've got a you know a strong um, internal finance team that comes back and gives us ratios and um, mm. our dashboards in terms of what what constitutes success. What outputs do we need to put to get the results and the the NFI that we're looking for as a team? So so I think that is is really getting people to understand from day one. These numbers are there for a reason, and yeah. these numbers will do. If you're hitting these numbers, will make you successful. Now, you know, I've never been someone who's going to ram KPIs down somebody's throat. They are there as a guide to help people um, mm. to help them make success, be successful. Right? What it comes down to is really understanding that the success that you're going to have is very much going to come through your own 
drive your own work ethic, right? If you hit these KPIs, that's going to help you do that. But if I have to be asking somebody in my team, why haven't you sent this many CVs or mm. why haven't you met this many candidates this week? I, I worry more so around kind of somebody's attitude and their drive because we are here to teach people all the skills to do the job, you know, how to be successful, provide advice. That's the, the position I see myself in. But the attitude has to come from that individual. And that yeah. also means if they're struggling with KPIs, don't sit in silence, you know, come you know, come and ask your manager, look, I'm struggling with this part. I don't really Absolutely. know what, why am I struggling? Is there any more candidates I could call? I've got a list. I think too many people sit, sit quietly, you know, from mm. one and that's something is as a manager i've learned as well you know is is to see when people are are struggling maybe not you know hitting their kpis is not kind of sort of demanding why they're not trying to understand where they're struggling and why they're struggling and getting yes. them it's in their benefit to really work to these kpis because ultimately it's going to transfer into money um yeah, so absolutely i think that that's the main key is really before setting those kpis is really explaining why they're there why yeah. we, place and how those numbers have come about and yes and over time you know good recruiters will you should know your ratios you should know how many cvs you need to send in your market to get an interview you should know how many cvs to jobs you need to get a placement and that if somebody's driven enough to be successful they will relate that back to their financial targets and you know let's we're all here for right is to to be successful and to make money and to make commission this is only Absolutely. I love that. I think that is so important. And I think, you know, even as somebody who has managed recruitment teams myself and I was on the sales side, I'm just reflecting back now. And actually, that is something that I would have used more in terms of the um, getting people to understand where those numbers came from when it comes to the KPIs and kind of working it back. So that's brilliant. Thank you so much. So just to sort of wrap us up for today, um, what would be, you know, if you wanted a, a manager watching this in the recruitment industry that's maybe hiring their first AC, first couple of ACs, what would the one piece of advice you would give them be as kind of your main secret for success for them making a go of it? Um, I would say... At times, you do need to be selfish, right? Um, it can take a lot of your time. Um, mm. And, you know, you've still got a job to do, often as, as billing managers as well, you know? Yeah. So I think you've got to find the balance. Don't spend too much time um, feeling the need to watch kind of what your ACs are doing. You have to give them a bit of freedom, you know? You have to kind of let them make the mistakes. I always say to my guys is, the crime is not making the mistake, the crime is not learning from the mistake, right? Yeah. Uh, and really set, set the expectations early from day one that you know i have my own financial targets if you are a billing manager you know in terms of what i have to do but i am always here to provide you advice um and direction that's what i mean in terms of application you guys have to do that i can't make you pick up the phone i can't make you send cvs out you know that's got to be down to you right yeah then i will provide you all the support when you need me but you know an old manager used to say to me you, you know there were certain times of the day he said you know don't bother me unless the question is about you making an actual deal, right? <laughs> if it was an actual key question, then that was my time to actually be doing kind of my own client work or bringing in jobs, yeah. right? You need to, at the same time, the, the pressures that come as a manager is you almost need to bring in and feed some of the ACs, right? So yeah, you need to great time to do that. Otherwise, they're not going to be successful. If I look at associate consultants who have been successful, you know, it have been those who have got at early days jobs coming in and you need yeah. to ensure that job flow is coming in you need to get that they t- they you know they taste the money early essentially because mm. it's a tough job it's like we said it's like i said it's an emotional roller coaster so 
you know, make sure you've got the job flow coming in. Make sure yeah. you're there for support and advice. Don't close yourself off and say like yeah. you're not available. But you know, it's very strike easy. Balance. Strike yeah, the balance. Yeah, balance. You know, yeah. and it's a lot of the times what I found has really worked, in, especially in early days, um, has been ask ask the ACs to actually provide solutions themselves. So if it's a question. Yeah. They ask you something, you think they should know the answer. Yeah. But just go back to them and say, what do you think? What do you think? That's what I got trained to do when it's I did my first management I, training. Yeah. What do you what would you do? What do you think? And they actually know the answer a lot of the time. Yeah. You know? Um and, it, and that you, helps build their confidence as well, doesn't it, Chinks? Because it doesn't just make them a bit more self-sufficient and and keep that balance between what you need to be focused on as a billing manager and, and supporting those guys, but it actually starts to show them that. They do know the answers and they can fend for themselves a little bit, doesn't it? Yeah. Ultimately that they have to they have to understand that they're gonna have to be as independent as quickly as possible in this yeah. job. Like you to be successful, you're you are running your own desk, you know, once you yeah. get up and going, right? So, you know, like I said, what would you do? If I wasn't here, what would you do? And yeah. There's a lot of things when they actually reflect on it and go, Oh yeah. And I think if you set that from an early, early stage. Yeah, they start to use their initiative a lot quicker, right? Yeah, Whereas you're always on hand, answering every question that they've got, always they're always they're going to feel that's normal, and they, you know you won't get any work done yourself. So it, yeah. as, you, as you touch yeah. on, all about the balance, right? You know, give them all the support, the advice, and all the training, but make sure you've set time for your own work and don't let that suffer because that that's the hardest part of being a manager because a lot yeah. of people will, you know. There's a you know conception that a lot of people think you know great recruiters make great managers and that's not always the case. Not sometimes. always the case. No, absolutely. It's very different, and sometimes it's not for you. But if you enjoy nurturing talent, developing talent, for me, I I get more joy watching somebody I've trained and sort of nurtured through recruitment process doing a deal than more buzz than me doing one. You yeah. know, it, it's equally the same as me because it, it it's a lot more rewarding. But not everyone's yeah. like that, so you have to be of that mentality. Yeah. Uh, know um you know balance your time effectively and you know brilliant reap rewards on both sides lovely fantastic thank you so much chicks really appreciate your time and i think there's loads of good content there for people to kind of go away and have a think about and reflect on it and hopefully put into practice so thank you very much glad i could help thanks danny take care thanks bye